Hello, people. Welcome to the When in Yorkshire podcast. I hope you're all well. We are back with the second of four episodes recorded at Slamdunk 2022. Um, if you haven't checked out the first episode, it's an absolute treat. Um, it features Knuckle Puck, um, Beauty School, As December Falls, and Some 41. Um, it was quite a day. Um, yeah, I'd recommend going back, having a listen to it. Um, it was a lot of fun to record those conversations, as it was with this one. This is episode 58, and it features Dan Soupy Campbell of The Wonder Years, um, and also Aaron West and The Roaring Twenties. Now, in full disclosure, I was a very latecomer to The Wonder Years, um, um, but when I first heard Came Out Swinging, I was absolutely hooked. Um, it's been it's been a conversation I've wanted to have for a long time with Dan. Um, I know he's he's toured quite a bit, but it's always been difficult to get time with him. So this was this was awesome, um, and he didn't disappoint, which was brilliant. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to, um, and it was awesome to hear about his early days with music. Um, great to hear about the the Wonder Years and kind of their progression from. Um, I guess kind of what he describes as a, a kind of crazy joke band um, into how they are now. Um, and I'd not heard um, Won't Be Pathetic Forever until just before recording this, maybe a couple of weeks before. Um, and I hadn't realised it was kind of the first thing that they'd released um, as kind of this version of the band. Um, it's a great song. It's a great kind of, I guess, EP I guess. Um, I've included a link to a YouTube video. It's the only place I could find it, um, and it's still there, so I've, I've checked. So if you haven't heard it, have a listen. It's really interesting. It's it's great. I think it still stands up. Um, the set at Slam Dunk as well. Um, didn't manage to catch both of them, caught a bit of both sets, not not the full two sets that they did, um, but it was brilliant. Um, it's an absolute masterclass in kind of delivering a tight, uh, emotive performance, um, they don't currently have any live UK dates, um, but keep an eye out for when they come back around. I'd strongly, strongly recommend going and checking them out if you haven't already. Um, and their last UK tour that they did with um, Beauty School as support as well um, was great. So I'm, I'm genuinely excited for when they come back around. I have seen that Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties will be at 2000 Trees this year. So if you're going there, that lineup looks insane. Um, so have a have a great time if you go in, um, and check out Aaron West, Aaron West, and the Roaring Twenties um, when you're there, because I'm sure they will be absolutely awesome. Uh, I think that's enough for me. That's plenty of jabbering. Um, I'll shut up now. I'll let you enjoy episode 58 with Dan Campbell. Yeah, absolutely. How are you? Awesome. Yeah, good, good. So I'm here with Dan from the Wonder Years. Hi, Dan. How are you doing? Good. Um, it's been a stressful week. We had, uh, my other band was over here, Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties, and, uh, one of the members got sick with COVID, and, uh, so the rest of the band we sent home. I have, knock on wood, luckily, continued testing negative, no symptoms, so I finished that tour solo, but the same member is also in the Wonder Years, and so we had to postpone a show, the rest of the band had to figure out how to play the set without him, had to figure out how to do all, cover all the parts. And then also earlier in the week, JD told me from Slam Dunk, hey, Motion City's not coming. Can you guys do two sets? So we're playing two whole albums without one member on almost no notice after a whole solo tour. And I'm very stressed out. 
First of all, thank you for doing that, though. I'm very excited about it. The extended set was awesome news from my side, but um, yeah, I can understand a bit of stress We're for your excited. side. I mean, it's yeah. awesome for us, too, because we wanted to do it from the beginning. Yeah. That was our original pitch to Slam. That was let us come oh, to those nice. records. And we even said, we'll do them on two different stages. We'll do them at two different times. But they just couldn't make it work. And then the universe provides, I suppose. Uh, in a, in a and, weird roundabout way. And taketh away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? I believe that, that is the scripture. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So um, what I like to do with this, this is the, the When in Yorkshire podcast. And I like to um, ask my guests a bit about their kind of musical history. Um, so I'd like to start, if you can re- cast your mind back to what your first musical memory is uh it was probably love shack by the b-52s right nice that is a good start um and i remember when we would drive my mom would either honk or like hit the steering wheel on the like the bang 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 nice (laughs) so that was my first favorite song i'm hoping it's it's pressing the horn because that that would just be amazing (laughs) yeah um that was probably my first favorite song my second favorite song was uh, Mary Jane's Last Dance uh, by Tom Petty. Yeah. Uh, I did not know it was about weed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was four. Um, and then from there, it was, it was cool for me was that my parents were, were young and were interested in music that was like contemporary in the early 90s. So uh, we were listening to a lot of Green Day, Weezer, uh, nice. Nirvana, Radiohead, Beck, Counting Crows, Sheryl Crow. Wow. Um, so it's kind of... That was like a lot of the music that they were bringing to me, and the music I was finding for myself was all R and B stuff because we're from Philly, so <laughs> Boys to Men was like the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that was kind of like my blend of early music was hearing like, you know, my dad would put Blue Album on or Nevermind, or, and then I was going home and listening to Cooley High Harmony and. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. I would have expected it to be the other way around, <laughs> but that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, in, in terms of your... Can you remember what the first gig you went to see was? Um, yeah. I'm trying to... I think the first... The first thing I really remember was uh, Bad Religion, Blink-182. Wow. Um, which was at, uh, like, um, kind of an arena-esque thing. Not really. I guess a shed. Yeah, yeah. Call them shed. So, it's, like, probably, like, a 15,000 capacity space in Camden. And, um... I was I was really into the into Blink and really into punk at that time and I was like I want to do this, right? That's what I want to do. But it felt impossible to get from my friend's basement to that stage. Like I didn't understand how that transition could physically work. Like what were the what were the machinations of making it from one to the, you know, how does that happen? Yeah. And then the next thing I went to see was a band called Inkling in a a little hall in my town. And um, actually one of the members of Inkling is in the starting line now. Oh, wow. Um, okay, He's the yeah, piano yeah. player in the starting line. Is the singer nice. of Inkling. And I watched these, like, 200 people going nuts for this band in this hall in my town and thought, okay, I, it was almost like there was a path in front of me and the first light illuminated and clicked on. I could see the first step to take. Um, and that's really where it all started for me was, was with, like, local bands and that, like, hardcore and emo scene. Yeah, yeah. And so did, did you – how did you end up, like, picking up a guitar? How, how did that come about? Uh, I played bass first. So my dad oh, played yeah. guitar, and I always liked – but I never really, like, played his guitar. It was, like, a th- it was a his. I don't know. I never felt like <laughs> was it Was it protective or was no, it just no, you didn't feel – No, no, been very giving with it. Yeah. Um, I just never – I don't know. I, I, it was weird because, like, I, in my brain, I – had like rock star fantasies and then in my house here were these guitars and I never thought to pick them up um, 
But my friend Robin was like, hey, I'm starting a band, or I want to start a band really bad. We were, like, best friends. And he was like, I have a bass. Will you learn to play it and be in my band? And I was like, sure. And so he gave me this bass, and um, I learned to play. I mean, heavy air quotes, learned, right? I didn't really... I was very bad at it. Yeah. Um, and I was immediately more interested in the songwriting and performance aspect. Okay. Than, like, the, than like the musicality. And I still am. Like... Um, I love writing songs. I love telling stories. I love performing. But, like, I'm not one to, like, sit at home and, like, chop out for hours on end. Like, um, just not really kind of the thing that I fell in love with. Yeah. And so I was in that band for a while. And then, uh, you know, as bands in middle school and high school do, it breaks up. I started another band where I'm still playing bass, but this time I'm singing. And then I worked my way into a band with Nick and Matt from Wonder Years, who were in a band called The Premier, that needed a bassist but not a singer. And I, but they were way better than any other band. So I joined their band to play bass. <laughs> um, and then eventually we lost singers, and uh, the three of us ended up singing. We each take turns. Nice. Um, and then that's how I ended up in Wonder Years was, like, they saw me singing. You know, it's like we were just all in different bands, and they were like, hey, this this guy can kind of sing. Maybe he'll come sing in, in this new band. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. And in terms of your you, – you, I like the fact that you mentioned about your, your interest in telling the stories because, I mean, that that's a huge part of the Wonder Years. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and uh, so how how did that kind of come about? I can see links between kind of like from Weezer. Um, I can see the links from there because Rivers is great at painting pictures yeah, as to absolutely. what's going on. Um, yeah, I think probably a lot of it came from that that era. But I remember like um, even songs like Hey Jealousy by the Jim Blossoms. Yeah. Was like, I was like, that's like really, it was like intensely good storytelling for me at the time. And I think that probably sparked the early interest. But as I got into a phase where, like, I was actually listening to and creating music simultaneously, a lot of the bands I was listening to were in the, like, drive through Vagrant Victory scenes. Yeah. And that's what I listened to for the energy and the music. But those were never really the lyrics that resonated with me. That was all coming from, like, Saddle Creek. So I was listening to a lot of Bright Eyes and a lot of Rilo Kiley and Cursive and, like, it's a Parasitos and Sun Ambulance. And, like, that's the stuff that lyrically was really calling to me. And so I think it was kind of an amalgam of, like, taking the lyricism from that space and then the energy of the music of the, like, kind of um, the other one and, and jamming them together. And then as I, you know, then I discovered the Hold Steady and the Mountain Goats and... Um, you the know, Weaker Thans? Weaker Thans was a huge yeah. one. Yeah. Weaker Thans actually probably earlier than the Mountain Goats. Um, Owen was a really big one for me, storytelling yeah, yeah. wise, um, and then you know Springsteen, obviously, and um, and yeah, kind of all, and also things like Lot of Spute. When we started playing with Lot of Spute, I okay. just was so yeah, in awe yeah. of Jordan and his ability Amazing. to weave these like incredibly intense narratives through records and all these through lines and and um, all like the intertextuality of it, which is another thing that like the whole study was very good at, and and um, and the Mountain Goats are very good at. And yeah, like, and that's kind of where that storytelling influence really, like, I think it was there from the beginning, and what watered it was that that era. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. That's, that's amazing. Oh, it kind of makes sense now. I can piece the albums together yeah. and understand <laughs> yeah. the stories. Amazing. So in, in terms of your your first Wonder Years, um, I guess, live shows then, could you remember those? Yeah, they were, um, we only had three songs, and so... <laughs> We would play Short set. Well, in between yeah. other bands. We wouldn't be on the flyer. Yeah. We just our friends would be playing, and when their set would finish, 
we would get take their gear and play our three songs. Yes. <laughs> and I remember the thing about it was like, early on the band was a joke. We were doing it as a joke. Um, everything about it was just for a laugh. And so we would just do everything as like over the top mm-hmm. and funny as we thought we could. Is like, this where the Blink influences come from? I think yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And like Hello Goodbye. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. And so I would play in just like really short cut-off jean shorts and no shirt. Um, Matt was playing a Gibson Explorer. Um, <laughs> Mikey had a keyboard on a, an ironing board as like an ironing board. It's like the keyboard stand. Amazing. And like, and, and it was fun. And we were having fun with it. And uh, our drummer asked if I could book some tour dates because I had done that for my other band. And I was like, sure. But here's the thing about touring is that once you leave your town, everyone hates you. And like <laughs> the shows are going to be miserable, which was my experience in touring with Premiere. Yeah. But with Wonder Years, we would get to towns and we would put on our show, which at this point was like seven songs. And it was just like we were, there was nothing, there was no pretense, there was nothing holding us back at all. It was like, just go be wild. Mm. And so I'm diving into crowds and, and throwing myself all over the place and we're running back and forth and pushing each other over and like, and like the, the energy was so kinetic that it attracted people. And our first shows outside of our town were our positive they went well and that had never happened to me before yeah. <laughs> and uh the other guys are confused as to what you were talking about yeah and then yeah. we kind of kept doing that for a little while and then we kind of got to a bridge where it said like this is not fulfilling this is not the music i want to be making mm. this was a joke if this was my career i would be really bummed out about that because it's like it's not what i want to do yeah. And so we started making the music that kind of led us in the past to where we are now um after like a little bit of touring we we're like well people like it they clearly like something about us, but I don't like it. So let's yeah. make a change and figure out where to go from there. And how, how did you how did you make that decision? I guess as as a, as a band to well, to choose a specific direction. I thought we were going to break up. Um, I was kind of like, this was fun, but there's no future in it, right? Because it's a gag. Mm. Um, and so I was like, well, I'll probably probably call it. But our label was like, hey, I want you guys to do a seven inch. And at that point, I didn't have any music I had made on vinyl. And I was like, well, that sounds cool. And so I was like, let's write a seven inch, but like, I want to try something different lyrically. And that's when we wrote Won't Be Pathetic Forever. Wow. Nice. So just that came out of an offer to be able to get your music on vinyl. Yeah. And then write some good songs. And then that seven inch did way better than anything we'd ever done before. And we're like, oh, maybe we're onto something again. And we kind of just chased that. Nice. Because like those songs, same kind of energy, right? Same kind of like live show is still wild. But it felt like I was saying something I wanted to say. Mm. I was telling a story I wanted to tell. It, give, it gives you your voice. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. And so I guess the, the Wonder Years sounds developed over the over the years. Certainly, obviously, there's gone from the, the kind of keyboards um, sound as well. And that's kind of moved out. Um, but it's still, un- it sounds uniquely like the Wonder Years. Yeah, I think that we have a very specific thing that makes us us. And, like, it's hard to, like, to tell you, oh, it's this element, this element, this element. But I think we kind of know innately what they are. And uh, and it just kind of is part of, like, the, I don't know, it's like the the essence of the band just kind of exists. Yeah, cool. And you've done some production work as well. I believe you've worked with, with Trashboat. Yeah, it's not super fair to call it production work. I don't okay. think I'm t- I'm credited as the producer on that record. Yeah, yeah. I didn't touch a single knob. Okay. I don't know how to do any of that shit. Uh, our label called me and said, "Hey, do you want to produce this record for this band?" And I listened to the band and said, "This band's great." Here's the problem: I don't know how to produce a record. And they're like, "No, 
you don't know how to engineer a record. And I was like, okay, sure. They're kind of one and the same now. And yeah. so what I did was I helped them a lot with their early songwriting. They don't need me anymore. They're incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually just saw Toby's. I, was right say, I, thought, I thought I saw him at, at yeah. the door over there, yeah. Um, and so at that point, I, I was trying to help them. They, they didn't have a great sense of like structure yet um, in their songs. And it was just like yeah. part, 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 part. And um, and so we kind of helped like hone it a little bit. Uh, I did a lot of it via email, via text, via okay, over the yeah. phone on FaceTime. Then I went over and we spent like a week in a like a teen center and right. we refined the songs, demoed them again, mm-hmm. went to the studio. I like helped Toby with some of the delivery, some parts where I was like, "Hey, could you do it a little more like this, a little more like this, whatever?" And then I left. Like I didn't even I wasn't even there to track the drums and guitar. Okay. I was only there for the scratch tracks. The 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 engineer should definitely have co-producer credit on that. <laughs> I was way way more involved in like the songwriting and yeah. the performance. Again, that's yeah, my yeah, thing. Absolutely. Then I was this guitar tone needs a little more crunch, right? Yeah. That's not I, no. I you don't want to put me in charge of that. I'll sound like dog shit. <laughs> well, I, the Wonder Years records sound amazing. I've I've tried to find your guys like rig rundown a few times to figure out yeah. you know how are you getting some of those sounds because the energy is is amazing even on record. Not sometimes really hard to get. I wish you could talk to Nick about it because like uh, I mean Casey and Matt would be great to talk to too. But Nick is like the most probably obsessed with it. Yeah. But he has COVID right now, yeah. so he's not here. Another time when you when you guys are yeah. back over, I'll, I'll geek over the uh, geek over the tones yeah. with him. But yeah, I think which I I will say the one thing we try to do, and I don't think everyone likes it, but like we don't really want like glistening production. We want no. it to sound like you're in a room with us. Like we want it to feel very alive. Yeah. And sometimes people can be like, "Oh, it sounds like muddy or whatever," because they're used to like very crisp production, overproduced. But I think yeah. it's not necessarily overproduced. I think that the mix is part of the art form. Whereas, like I think some people think of the mix as like the royal mail delivery driver right it's just to get the art to you yeah. i think it is part of the parcel um yeah and so like it's a you know i think the the time they they put into their tones and like getting it to sound that like alive is really mm-hmm. the thing that one of the things that i think makes us a little different from a lot of bands yeah. um I, and not in a good way or a bad way in a way that it just it's our thing yeah it's like a unique point for you yeah yeah I, well listening to the records it it sounds like a band um, and there's a lot of records that I listen to where I think the songs are amazing and but I just think I can't I, this, this doesn't sound like a live band to me this sounds it, it, it sounds a bit sterile sure whereas with you with, with Wonder Years records and all of them in fact I kind of get the impression of I can I can imagine this in a room yeah and, and that's you know the that, yeah. Well, and it's just like we want to make sure that we convey that energy to you. And like yeah. I said, it's not for everyone. There are plenty of people that fucking hate how our records are mixed. That's not what they want. Yeah. But you know, it's part of who we are. Yeah, and it and it's probably that kind that kind of thing that I buy into the kind of the authenticity of it. And I, I don't feel like you've gone. Oh, let's make it as clean and as, as 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 lovely as it could possibly sound. No, and I say this all the time, and our label probably hates when I say it. Uh, and I've been saying it about our new record because we started doing a little bit of press about that um, kind of preliminary stuff. Is like, mm-hmm. I actively, and I mean this, do not care if we make one single new fan. I just don't. 
I like the people we play for. I want to make the music that we make, that we like making, yeah. for the people that like it. And it's like, I have no designs on being a bigger band. Like, I have no, like, goal to be on the radio or to be in arenas. Yeah. I don't... It's just like, it's not what I want. I want to keep playing music to the people we play music to. Yeah. Um, because the people that we play music to are lovely people. And I really, like, I'm very happy with where we are. Um, you go, you'd have a, so, you'd go for a coffee with them. And so I'm not interested in, like, changing the tone of the mix to try to break into some new arena mm. because I don't want to even break into that arena. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a fair few comedians that have done that over in over in the UK. They kind of, they got some, like they got a spot on a TV show or something and all of a sudden they noticed their shows sell out real quick and uh, there's a couple that actually just went, I don't want to play for these people so they spent a lot of time making their, their work so like... Um, uncommercial and quite difficult to sit through to wheedle out those fans and get the other ones back. It's like for the next forty-five minutes, I'm going to take a nap on stage. You talk amongst yourselves. That's basically it. Yeah, they. I, and I shouldn't say it as an exclusionary way, right? No, it's, it's no, not even it's, like that. I welcome anyone. Yeah, but it's not my goal. Yes, right. The goal is not to make new fans. The goal is to make music we love that the people that listen to us will love. Yeah, and if new people come along. I mean, we are incredibly accepting of that, but I'm not going to sacrifice what I think we do and sacrifice what I think our fans like or would like mm -hmm. to reach some other group that doesn't like this, like kind of like nebulous otherdom. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm a lot of respect for that. I love the fact that it's, you're making the music that you want to make and not being pressured into making music for the sake of sales, etc. So that's amazing. And we're very lucky to have a record label and a manager and a publicist and everybody that's on board with that. They're like, we like what you do. Keep doing it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's good. Sounds like you've got the right people around yeah. you. I mean, it was, the, it was our A&R at our label who I said, like, I was like, during the pandemic, you get kind of in your head and I'm like what even are the wonder years anymore like what is anything yeah. who am I does any of this matter what kind of record do I need to make and he was the one that said you need to make a wonder years record and I was like that was like a weird sage wisdom thing yeah yeah, yeah. thank you <laughs> so how I guess what what did you do during the, the pandemic to kind of keep that I guess keep your skills sharp in, in a way uh, I did a lot of custom songwriting commission oh, pieces oh nice so uh, I would I would have people that would want a song written as like a mm. for their wedding or yeah, for yeah. a memorial or as almost like a family portrait, like an audio yeah, portrait. Yeah. And I would uh, have like an hour, two hours with them on Skype and yeah. learn the story and take copious notes and ask for questions and ask for photos and uh, and then work, just write them their own their own song, um, nice. totally their own thing in my style in my voice. Um, of their story and then Ace Enders produced all of them John Allison Weiss did the artwork and they would all get them as a one of a kind 7 inch beautiful yeah like a lathe cut like love one of one 7 inch that's, ama that's amazing that, what, what a great yeah I, I love the fact that it comes on a 7 inch as well that kind of yeah, tops it and that, off that kind of kept me it takes you back to the kind of the formation of the I guess the, the wonder years as yeah, it is and it kept me writing it kept mm. me working every day on music yeah yeah absolutely because like you said otherwise you've got a lot of time to get lost in yourself yeah which yeah. is which is very tough so uh, briefly so yeah you, you, you've been over here already doing stuff with you with your solo um, your solo work 
what kind of made you want to to kind of branch out into that into that world? Uh, so I have two two separate projects or three, I guess, including Wonder Years. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is just under my name, and that's just a release that I put together last year that was just like. 10 of those songs, the custom songs that I thought fit really well together. Yeah. I reached out to them and said, hey, would you mind if I re-recorded this and released it? Um, and everybody said yes. They were very gracious about that. And uh, so that's all that. That's what that is. And then Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties is my like um, folk punk concept yeah. project where it's like one character. Uh, every, I almost look at it as like every song is an episode and every album is a season. Uh, telling this like narrative arc of this character and that's like when we do that um, we can do it anywhere from just me and a guitar to uh, we played as a nine piece recently um, oh wow where it's uh, myself acoustic and vocal bass electric guitar drums keys um, saxophone trombone trumpet accordion um my goal how, is to make the next record as a fourteen piece. That's my. That's what I want to do. So. Amazing. And how? How? So yeah. How does that? How does that idea kind of come about to to keep the development and and the kind of narrative element of it as well? Uh, I'm sorry. What was it? How How did you that idea come about? Because that's quite different from one. I know the Wonder Years is in a very story based. But well, yeah. So it was like originally it wasn't. It didn't exist to for consumption, public consumption. It was for me. Okay. And it was for me to hone as a songwriter like because mm-hmm. like i said i don't like to practice i like to write yeah and so it was a way to force myself to practice guitar by writing songs okay um but i wanted to be very careful of not accidentally poaching lyrics from myself so if i wrote something for this that could be on a wonder years record um did i like waste the idea mm-hmm. and so i was like well i'll just write from a different perspective and so then i started building this character arc yeah yeah nice nice yeah i very excited to hear to hear a, a big orchestral sound behind it. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah, so there's, there's two records of that out. We don't have each yeah. other. Came out in 2014, 2015, yeah. 14, and in 2020 or 2019 we released uh, Routine Maintenance. Um, and I imagine we'll start writing in the next year. And do do you write that solo, or do you have the, the people that you've worked with to? to to perform live to get I them involved it, I write it solo and then I go see the producer uh, Zay Senders and we kind of and, and Nick from Wonder Years will play drums and we'll kind of like mm-hmm. structure it a little more and then like the horn players and everybody will come in and play on top of what's there nice nice. and I'll be like oh I want horns here or I want uh, you know accordion here <laughs> I, I know the parts where I want them but yeah. then they get to flesh out the part nice very good so what what's coming up next then for the Wonder Years new album Mm-hmm. so much I didn't have any coffee today um, yeah new album probably September mm-hmm. it's all done it's ready uh, it's been done it's been ready it's just a matter of uh, pressing the vinyl uh, in time um, so we're just kind of waiting on final word we thought we had a release date and then they pushed it a week and so we're just kind of crossing our fingers that that yeah. one stays official and if that stays official we'll probably announce the record really soon we have a couple songs out already that are yeah, on yeah. it um, but we haven't officially announced the album or anything to do with that yet. Cool. Awesome. Well, I will look forward to, to hearing that. Um, and anything else you want to mention that you've got coming up? Um, I think that we're going to come back in November. Pretty yeah. positive. Um, we had a show this week that we had to postpone because we had to figure out how to play Slam Dog without Nick. Okay. And so we'll, we'll hit that show and then we'll do a tour around it. Nice. Um, hoping for November. And uh, no, otherwise, just new record will be out. And I mean, I mean it when I say it. It is the best Wonder Years record. Uh, it's just like 
it's not even a question to me. I, I don't think I've shown it to anyone that's felt any differently about it. Like, even people who have no stake in the game, our driver, Jamie, <laughs> I played it for him. And then we were in our hotel room, and, and the lights had gone off, and I was laying there for a minute, and I went, hey, Jamie, what would you tell people about this record if someone asked you? And he said, I would tell them it's the best Wonder Years record. And I'm like, I didn't even tell you to say that. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, d- I'm done. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, that felt really good. Amazing. Well, I'm very excited to hear it. Yeah, I've heard one of the tracks that's already that's been uh, released. Um, Loved it. So yeah, I'll I'll find the other one. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, hopefully I can uh, catch up with you again when you come back in November, and and I can geek out with overtones with Nick. Yeah, that would (laughs) be good. Or Casey or Matt, they would love to talk to you about it too. But uh, I would say they're all pretty obsessed. But Nick is like consumed by tone. Awesome. That sounds amazing. Well, I'll, uh, I'll keep in touch and do that. All right. Awesome. Appreciate Brilliant. it. Thank, Thank you, you very much. There it is. What a guy. Um, in amongst what was an insanely hectic day um, and a crazy recording environment, there were people all around us. Uh, Dan kind of brought an air of calm over the whole situation um, and I, I was completely immersed in the conversation. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed that one. Um, and once again, a massive shout out to the people that help make this happen. Um, I have to hassle a lot of people to to actually get any of these interviews. Um, so thank you very much to the wonderful team at Public City PR. Um, and also for this one, Mark at Turn the Page. Thank you very much for all your help. Um, I'll no doubt be hassling you once again, so um, that'll teach you for being helpful. Yes, that's all from me. Um, I'm going to leave you to carry on with your day. Thank you very, very much for listening. If you've enjoyed this, please give it a share. Let somebody else know. Um, They're all free. I don't take any money from any of this. Um, Just literally do it for the enjoyment. So, yeah, share it about. See if there's somebody else that you think might enjoy it. That will be awesome. So yeah, I'll leave you to carry on with your day. Thank you very much for listening and good night.